This is episode 7 with the millionaire blogger, Brandon Gailey. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. Hey, hey, everybody. I know today is supposed to be Pay It Forward Friday, but I had some issues with the audio, and I apologize for that. I will make sure I correct it. So I'm going to back a few people up a little bit, and I'm going to introduce to you a man with an amazing, amazing story. I'm talking this is a story that they make movies out of. This man, Brandon Gailey, went off to die because of his brain tumor, And he tells his whole story. I'm not going to get into his whole story, but the comeback is unbelievable. Even the stuff that he did before his brain tumor, it's going to blow your mind. So let's get right into the show and let Brandon tell his story. Brandon, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's definitely my pleasure. I heard your story for the first time on somebody's podcast. Honestly, I listened to so many podcasts. I can't remember where I first heard your story, but I've heard it a couple times and I've subscribed to your podcast podcast and your website and completely amazed at the content that you share I mean I've, I've commented on one of your posts at one point that you're just giving away the farm man uh, with all the content that you have but on top of that your backstory that got you to where you're at today is simply amazing it's one of the most amazing stories I've heard in a long time and I definitely wanted to get you on the so on the show so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you to where, what you're doing now? Because uh, you got a lot of stuff going on. What got you there? And let's get a little bit personal. Well, what got me here is just it. it actually, one of my employees came up to me after about had been doing my business for a couple of years after recovering from my brain tumor, and they they asked me to take a look at their blog and, and tell me what they thought. I spent about thirty minutes looking looking at their blog, and then. Once she left, I thought to myself, why am I not doing a blog and and really dominating that space? So I decided to spend six months researching everything because that's kind of my expertise, being able to reverse engineer things. So I looked at about 60 to 70 of the top blogs across multiple industries and identified what made them successful, what got their traffic, and then came up with a system, launched my blog six months later, and within the first four months, it had definitely exceeded my expectations because at that point I was getting over 100,000 unique visitors per month. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I want to get into that. I want to get into what you were doing before that. But even before we do that, uh, you mentioned that uh, about your brain tumor. Let's take us down that journey a little bit and tell us that story about how that all came about when you first found out and what you did as you were going through that process. Well, in my 20s, I was doing real good and I had about four or five um, seven-figure-plus companies that I founded. And then towards the, as I was approaching 30, I started having all these uh, health problems just popping up. Real interesting things that were abnormal. Like I had a bacterial infection in my gum line that got into my teeth, that got into my bloodstream. They had to have emergency surgery for that, peel my gums back, chisel out my teeth. And just things like this kept happening over and over. But no one could tell me, there was any underlying problem. I was just kind of dealing with one problem after another. So I stepped down, 
as the CEO of the company that I was managing at the time, went off to Europe, kind of like a dog going off to die because I was, I could tell that everything was deteriorating and I, I just didn't want everyone to see me kind of fade away. Wasn't making good business decisions anymore. After about two years in, in Europe, I continued having all kinds of health problems and it, my mental capacity was no longer there. And I essentially had, had lost all the money that I had made up to that point because I was just making b- bad business decisions because I couldn't think the way I used to. Came back to the States. Um, long story short, ended up continuing having health problems. Went to the a cardiologist, uh, failed multiple uh, of the tests that they have, echocardiogram. And the lead cardiologist uh, came in there and said, yeah, you've got some major problems. And as I was driving home, he called me on the way back to my house and he said, I'm going to need to get you in tomorrow for an emergency heart cath. And I've gone ahead and lined up a cardiothoracic surgeon for heart surgery because based upon everything that we see, you're going to need to have heart surgery that day. Go ahead and call anyone that's important to you and let them know what the situation is because it's, it's severe. And that was some of the hardest phone calls I had to make were to my parents that night and just seeing how scared they were. And, but ended up having the heart cath after the heart cath was done. The, uh, my heart was fine. Later, later that day while I was at the hospital, my artery came undone in my leg where they did the heart cath. And I had a code blue. So I essentially was naked on the bed because I, it happened when I went to go wash off in the shower. Fortunately, my uh, wife was there and she shouted out to the nurses, did the whole code blue thing, lying on the bed for about 15 minutes. The doctors and nurses took turns applying pressure to my thigh because that was the only thing they could do because if, if, they, didn't, if they didn't clot, I was going to bleed out. And that was kind of the lowest moment because at that point, I had dissolved all my businesses a couple of weeks before that. I'm, I'm lying on, on, a, on a hospital bed on a code blue with doctors asking me to hang on. My wife, was, I, could, I remember seeing her standing up against the wall kind of helplessly. Just, uh, and I, I remember just thinking to myself, I don't want to go out like this with, with her just completely distraught at that point. But once I got out of the hospital, they identified that the problem was a small secreting pituitary tumor and I was able to get that sealed up with, uh, with chemicals pretty, pretty quickly in a matter of a couple of months. But the problem was the damage that it had done to my brain specifically um, in the way it, it kept my adrenaline down and what was happening was while I was sleeping, I was waking up every five to 10 seconds and not able to get restful sleep and had gone to five out of the six top sleep doctors in the world at that point, and they couldn't figure out how to get my sleep together. And all the other doctors, because all of my other systems were continuing to fail, cardio, uh, endocrine, and they said, if, if you don't figure this out, you probably got about two years to live best. So at that point, I, I went to a, a doctor that was kind of on the experimental side with adrenaline and, and brain tumors, and he was able to figure it out with a cocktail of drugs and telling me to stay asleep for 12 to 14 hours a day. And so by the drugs keeping me down and staying asleep for four to six hours longer, it allowed me to get enough sleep to where all my systems started coming back online. Within a matter of a couple of months, 
my I was kind of aware my brain was back my body wasn't quite there but it all all happened for the kind of for the best is right when my right when I was getting back online with being able to think again my wife was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer during her fifth month of pregnancy with her first child and so I really needed to be there for her to guide her out of that but that's kind of what happened at that point long story short with my wife she was able to overcome cancer and be cancer free within about nine months our, our child was born healthy then I'd like to say that I was ready to start a business right after that but realistically it took, took me another two to three years to get to the point to where I could have my own business again and that's when I started my business a year later I uh, dug myself out about five hundred thousand dollars of debt that had accumulated with all the health bills and then we got to that point where I just talked about earlier where my employee mentioned the blog and I have pivoted with my business where everything became about blogging my blog and then blogging for for my clients and that's kind of my story and that is an amazing story and there's so much to take from that but one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about when you say that when you're starting to recover is I know many people and I'm sure you do too and many of the listeners know people who have gone through serious uh, medical issues and health issues and when they recover they feel the need to you know obviously it's very expensive and insurance only handles so much and whatnot and you have to recover that first off you have to recover physically mentally and you specifically mentally because it was literally uh, affecting your brain but so many people that I know anyway in, in my past go back to work or go try to get their job back or go try to get another job uh, you had already had a business background so it just made sense for you to go into business doing that but what was your thought process during that time frame well the reality is that, that even if I wanted to get a normal nine-to-five job I couldn't do that because I was still having to to sleep 12 hours a day and that's something that I I'm gonna have to do the rest of my life there's no way around that and I just after after about a year of trying to figure out ways to get back to eight hours of sleep uh, I kind of came to terms with that and accepted that I'm I'm fine with with doing the 12 hours of sleep as long as I can stay healthy and do other things but because when you sleep 12 to 14 hours a day there's no way you can can get up for a nine-to-five job it's just not not available so my only option was to continue down the entrepreneurial path and start another business. And I find that to be a, a trend as well uh, when it comes to entrepreneurs and people starting their own businesses. Most people, many people, let's say, let's put it that way, from my, from my experience, it's, it's a matter of need. Uh, people that are in a comfortable environment, like myself, for instance, I've been employed for many years and I've had good income and it hasn't been a, a terrible job, you know. Um, and it's hard for some people that are in that comfort zone to break away and do something, do a side hustle and do something that can eventually allow you to, if something happens, in that case to you or your family member, allows you to stay home, allows you to live that lifestyle. And you did it out of need, but some people, they find out too late and there is no side hustle. There's nothing to really fall back on. And that's one of the things that I want to point out is... Um, one, you had to do it, but for those that are very comfortable in your area and what you're doing with your income, with things that are going on in your life, just understand anything can happen at any time. And that's why I strongly encourage people to have some sort of a plan B, some sort of a side hustle 
that you can fall back on and put more emphasis on if something does that like that does happen to where you have to stay home and it gives you those options that's you know that's the point i want to make oh, that's a great point and and that was also another reason why i i kind of went off into the, the blogging area because with building i've got about in addition to my brandingdaily.com blog that gets over two million visitors per month i have another 20 or 30 blogs to get another two to three million visitors per month so collectively that makes up about 40 to 50 percent of my income and most of that income is from from advertising from the visitors to the blogs so if something were to happen to me those those blogs can continue on and i have a plan for that and i think everyone should have a plan for it because yeah you, you may not get cancer and hopefully you'll stay healthy the rest of your life but simple fact is people get in car accidents and you can you can die and you need to have a plan so that your loved ones can continue on and if you do have a business that you have everything in a spreadsheet and you've explained it to your wife and what to do if something happens and how to maintain what you built so there's a lot of I've, I've known several people in my life for the last 20 years that have passed away quickly from from a car wreck and they had a business and they didn't have anything there for their wife and their wife didn't know what to do and they it took months to be able to figure out how to find just the passwords and things like that that were all the bit where everything that ran through the business was so it's really important that you have a plan in place if something happens that either your wife or your number two of your company is able to take over, run smoothly, and that income is going to continue to be produced for your family because life insurance runs out really quick. And that's just something that everyone needs to be aware of. Yeah, that's a very good point. So were you doing, I mean, obviously you were blogging and whatnot, but at what level were you blogging before you decided to start the business? I mean, did that correlate at all with with the businesses that you built prior to getting sick and, and everything that you had going on? In my 20s, almost all of my business had to do with, with the internet in one, one shape or form or the other. Uh, the largest business had, it was, it was all about reverse engineering the search SEO. At the time, it was Yahoo and then Google was added on a couple of years later. But we had 3,000 websites and there were and we helped build companies like free credit report insurance all with ranking for different terms on Google and Yahoo and driving that traffic building email list which turned into a, another email marketing company at the time so so I had a lot of experience in this area but obviously with with the internet things are continually evolving so once I ended up getting better again I still had to to kind of start from scratch learn what's working or and, and what's not but it as I said before my expertise is kind of in reverse engineering things and that's what I did with most of my other companies being able to identify what's working elsewhere and reverse engineering it coming up with a, a hack on my end to make it a little bit better so I had the foundation going in but still I, as I said I had spent six months coming up with my system so that I could be able to blog at, with today and knowing how to use social media and what the algorithm is with Google today because the algorithm is constantly changing. Yeah, it definitely is, uh, especially on all of the uh, social media platforms, Facebook. They've all evolved so much uh, over the years, 
and they're constantly evolving and making new rules and everything. And, you know, I'm consulting with a couple local businesses out here, just startups, just brand new getting started. I mean, they barely even have a website. And what I'm finding that I'm sharing with other people and other entrepreneurs and people just starting out and have no business experience whatsoever and have very little experience on social media is it's not one size fits all. You know, like you talk about so many different social media platforms and what to do on each one of them and it is different but i'm finding that and 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 i'm asking about this for my own business as well is not every business needs to be on all social media number one if you're doing it yourself you just don't have time to be on all the social media networks and and trying to create more traffic to your site and more traffic to your business however you're doing that from instagram pinterest and so on and so forth so what do you say? Say, for instance, there's one company that's a couple veterans are starting a boat uh, business. One of them's got a really nice uh, boat, and they're going to be doing tours for, for tourists and even local people that want to go out about six to eight people at a time. And they're just getting started, and I've given them some advice that I know is going to work, but what would you give to some advice for somebody like that in reference to their site, social media, and stuff like that? Well, as you, you kind of summed it up perfectly, that every business is, is unique, and some are going to need to be in social media, and some will be in Facebook versus Twitter, Instagram versus Pinterest, and others will need to do blogging. But I think with anyone starting a new business, the first thing that you need to do is create your, your website with a strong landing page, whether it's a lead capture, where if you're trying to, to get leads, and I think in this business's case, that would be the best thing to do because you want to get the information from a short form, three to five fields, and then be able to get them on the phone and close them on the phone and have them become a customer. But it all starts with testing with AdWords because that is where the majority of the people are going to be typing in a specific search relate it to that business and of course with AdWords you can target target it down to the zip code and with that type of local business doing an AdWords campaign for the specific zip codes that they're targeting if it's a, a if it's a tourist campaign then it's a little bit harder to do zip codes so you'll be focusing on keywords and then if the majority of the tourists are in the United States, you'll run a United States campaign. If it's other countries, then you can target those specific countries. But what happens there is that instantly from day one, you can put money in, drive targeted traffic of people that are your ideal customer to a landing page and start capturing leads and start, and start being able to make phone calls. And that allows you to find out if the business is a good idea or what kind of changes you have to make to make it better. Because at the end of the day, every business that I started from day one, what I what I expected it to be, day 365, two years later, three years later, it evolves and you have to be, and it starts by being able to communicate with your prospects right away as quickly as possible because they're gonna tell you which direction you need to go. So any type of business, that falls into the category that you're talking about. First step, landing page. Next step, AdWords campaign. Test the concept, prove the concept, make it better, and then expand on after that. Don't jump into social media real quick because most of the social media, you're just starting out. You're not going to know how to use it. and it's Really, you're just going to waste your time because you're not going to get any return from it. But master AdWords first, 
and then once once you're getting customers and you're turning a profit then choose one other thing that you want to move into and try to figure out and start testing it if it works keep doing it if not move on to the next next thing but it's important that you focus your efforts on one area at a time try to master it and when it comes to a small business that's starting out master adwords first master the phone calls and turning those prospects into actual sales that's perfect yeah and that's pretty much right on line with with what i was sharing with this particular client uh and then the only thing that i told them in addition to that is when you are ready to start getting into social media the one medium that i told them to get into and i've already shared with them on some strategies on how to do that is is instagram because they're going to be a lot of photos of themselves their in their their customers and whatnot out in the water out at the sandbar and kaneohe and all the different other locations and try to push traffic you know even even those that are coming in through their their lead funnels through gathering leads which by the way is is the breath of any business is is like you said getting those leads and getting those emails and being able to communicate but then pushing them over to in, uh, Instagram is the only one I thought because really that's people like to see those pictures and they want to feel that experience and by seeing that and I've been using a lot of the strategies that I've actually learned from you I've been showing them and they're just blown away at, at um, the possibility they're extremely excited I'm excited for them yeah Instagram is, is a really good visual element when it comes to any type of tourist location and just and then the, the next aspect would be reviews because once you get going, you need to make sure you have your, your Yelp reviews and your Google reviews because once someone makes the phone call with you and they're thinking about going with you, especially if it's a higher price product over 1000 or $2,000, they're going to go to Google and type in your business name and they're going to look at the number of reviews you have. And once you start getting customers, it's just a matter of making sure at the end of their, at the end of their visit before they leave, You've got that iPad available and just have someone ask them, hey, could you just uh, sign in to Google or Yelp real quick and uh, give, us a, give us a review? <laughs> and as long as you have that system in place, you're going to get really good reviews. And those, once you get over 30 to 60 reviews that are four to five stars, then that's going to increase your conversion rate of all the people that are doing brand searches after they talk to you and they're kind of comparing and contrast with you to other competitors. Absolutely, and and Brandon, we're we're definitely connected on that because I told them one of the funnest things that you can do because there's a pirate ship that's out here. I took my son on on one of his birthdays. I think it was his fifth birthday, and one of the things that they do part of the show is they make everybody get out their iPhone, their phone, or smartphone, or whatever it is that they have, iPad or whatever. And, uh, and they made a game out of it. And they said, all right, you're going to get onto Instagram. We're going to take pictures of each other. And, you know, now they're, I'm sure they're doing Snapchat and they're doing Facebook Live. And, and they're tagging a hashtag. And, I mean, it's just brilliant. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, these guys. I mean, there's, there's 20, 30 people on this ship. And, every, you know, I'd, I'd say at least half of them had their phones out and were following along and taking pictures of each other, posting them, tagging them. And it was like, bam. I mean, they were, I know they were just getting lots of uh, hits on that. And that was, I just thought that was brilliant. So that's what I shared with other folks as well. Absolutely. There's, there's nothing more valuable than those referral type recommendations that are coming from Instagram pictures, Facebook pictures, because that's being shared with their, their friends and family. Mm -hmm. And when they see them having this great experience, and they see those visual examples, 
that makes them think, okay, where are they? And they're going to be, when they come home, they're going to be asking questions. They're going to ask them email, where did you go? Who are these people? And that referral is pretty much gold every time. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the folks, I mean, quite frankly, they'll take pictures of each other, but a lot of them wouldn't think to tag a specific hashtag or something like that. And even if you tell them, hey, when you get home or whatever, they won't do it. So I just thought it was brilliant to do that right there on the spot. Absolutely. You've got to be right there and incentivizing them. You can't expect them to, to do it on their own. That's why you kind of have to have that plan in place, have those iPads available and incentivize them in whatever way, if there's some sort of uh, giveaway or, or freebie that you can give in exchange for doing things, you'd be amazed that especially teenagers will have the biggest following and, and influence and uh, they'll, they'll do anything for a little $5 freebie. Agreed. Absolutely. So Brandon, we're getting ready to, to pay it forward. Are you ready for the uh, pay it forward round? Let's go. Awesome. So what are one to three actionable steps that you can share with men of abundance that they can act on today? Well, I'm going to share my expertise with blogging. So anyone that is out there that has a blog and or is thinking about doing a blog, the three most important things other than keyword research are going to be, number one, create compelling blog titles. Your blog title is going to determine so much. It's going to your Google ranking, if people are going to share it, if people are going to click on it. So make sure that your blog title is compelling. Start it with a number. Blog titles with to start with a number, get clicked on almost 100% more and shared on 200% more. So it makes sense. So if you're making a list instead of it's a how-to, just do it 11 blank ways to do something, nine. And even if you go with the odd number, odd numbered titles get clicked on 20% more than even numbered titles. So the formula that I share with people is try to, try to make 60% of your blog posts start with an odd number for your titles. Second thing that you want to do is create engaging content. Make sure that you include videos, images, and it's real easy to do this for free now with embeddable tweets. Twitter has every image you can think of. Just do a search, see an image you like, and embed the tweet. That makes it social media friendly. Anyone can click on that in the post. It's engaging. Same thing goes with YouTube videos. And finally, try to build as many high-quality links as you can. The best way to do that is with infographics, pick a topic, create a nice infographic. You can get all kinds of templates from canva.com and post that out there and then share that with everybody because everyone loves to link back to infographics. So if you do a good job of creating compelling blog titles, creating engaging content, and get a few high quality links, that's gonna make your traffic go up leaps and bounds. Perfect, what daily habits do you have that, do you do daily that impact your life the most? The list, and I make my list as simple as possible. I've found that over the years with with planners and systems, it, it's a little bit too complicated for me and I end up not having the time to commit to the big systems. So I make my list as simple as possible. Small yellow post-it note, it's about three by five inches and I've got the front to fill up and I don't put anything else on top of that because at the end of the day, I want to be focusing on the things that are going to make the biggest difference. And if my list is too big, then I'm never going to get around to that. So I make sure each night, create that simple list and only fill it up with things that are going to make a difference to my business and nothing that's just going to 
make me feel better around myself. What book would you recommend to men of abundance and the abundant leaders and why? Well, when I was 15 years old, I was struggling with being bullied and it was a very tough year for me. Day in, day out, I was being beat up by this local gang in my high school as a, as a freshman. And I was at a really low point that year and my, my mom took me to the mall and I went to Walden Books. If some of you can remember 20, 30 <laughs> years ago, Walden Books was a yeah, really big deal. And I, uh, it was all about sports at that point in my life, but as I was going through Walden Books, I saw the title that was, that was called Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And that was the first business self-help related book that I ever read. Ended up spending an hour on it. My mom had to find me, bought it, went home that night, read, read it in the next four to five hours, stayed up until two o'clock in the morning. Ended up reading that book about three or four other, other times that year to kind of get my mind in order and kind of that was the first thing that helped me realize that that this is just a period of time and the, the future's going to come and I've got to better myself and that kind of led me down the path so I always uh, suggest people to read that book success through a positive mental attitude do you know if that book's on audio yes it is awesome so I'm going to provide a link in the show notes so and that'll I'll provide the uh, hard copy and the audio link to that book so I can list that out. I think we talked about this men of abundance at the end of the year any revenue that we make will a portion of it will be going towards various charities and I offer the opportunity to my guest of the show to mention a charity that you would like for us to give to on your behalf. Do you have one? Yes, the Susan G. Komen Foundation mainly because just being there, my wife does a lot of talks for them with, and tells her story of overcoming breast cancer while she was pregnant. And so we've got a loose affiliation with them. So highly recommend them. Awesome. And I'll be listing that in the uh, giving tab as well of, of uh, menofabundance.com. So the last question that I have for you before we close this up today, Brandon, is what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Well, it means being grateful for everything that you have and living in the moment. I think with everything that I've been through from the brain tumor, overcoming that, losing everything, having, being at the point to where I was, could lose my wife and my first unborn child with the breast cancer situation. It, it, it really just, this makes me grateful for every moment that I have. I'm, I, I don't really get lost in, in the minutia anymore of, of small things because they're, you're able to, to compare and contrast to to today versus where I've been and the, some of the difficulties that I have. So I try to make sure that every day I wake up, that I show gratitude. I end the day showing gratitude with prayer. And during the day, I stay as present as possible and enjoy everything that I can about the moments of the day. Brandon, you definitely have a lot to be grateful for without a doubt going through all of that. So let's hear a parting piece of guidance and share with us any way that anybody can get in contact with you and anything that you have coming up. Well, the best way to get in contact with me is go to theblogmillionaire.com. You can sign up to a free three-part video course that kind of takes you through all the uh, big brushstrokes of taking a blog from 
to, to start out to getting it to kind of mature with traffic. And you can also find a link to my podcast, The Blog Millionaire, and there's a link to reach out to me. And I'm always available, answer my emails probably every uh, six hours. And that's probably the easiest way to get in contact with me. Awesome. You know, and, and I have to say, blogging is one of those things that I've, I've messed around with a little bit over the years, and I've done stuff here and there, but I did it for a different reason. Uh, recently, I've been blogging, and the reason is really just to put what's on my mind and put it out there and share it, and with no intent for anything to come back or anything like that. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it much better than I was before when it was more really just like work because I've taken other blog courses and they said basically, you know, blog every day or get in the habit of blogging every day or every other day or something like that. And I was really struggling with just trying to find just stuff to blog about. But now I'm doing it on more of a natural um, aspect. But if any of you are considering blogging or never even thought about it I encourage you to go to Brandon's site and take a look at what he's doing over there and get in contact with him because there is so much information and I have taken like I said courses on blogging I've taken courses on on how to you know increase my blog you know SEO I've done SEO courses I've even done courses on Instagram and Pinterest and stuff like that Brandon is giving away the farm uh, and his uh, on all of his free content and I'm getting a lot out of it, even after the paid courses that I've paid for. So definitely get over there and give Brandon a call if you're considering getting started with a blog. He's definitely one of the guys you want to have in your circle. So Brandon, I definitely appreciate your time, and I look forward to talking with you later. And thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure, man. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. I hope you got a lot out of that message. That is a sure message of survival and a lot of very good nuggets in there. If you're any kind of entrepreneur and you have anything going on on social media, Brandon is the guy you want to get a hold of. Since this is Pay It Forward Friday, I do want to ask you that if you know anybody out there who has any sort of nonprofit organization that they want lifted up, that they want to highlight, especially one that they're personally involved with in one way or another, that they spend a lot of time with, they don't necessarily have to to be the founder, the CEO, but that would be optimal. But it could be somebody who is just working within the organization on a regular basis. I'm looking for those kind of organizations to highlight and lift up on Pay It Forward Friday. I'm also looking for those of you out there who have some sort of a business or a book or something very exciting going on in your life that you want lifted up to the community and you have a message to put out to the world. So if that fits you in any way, shape, or form, go to menofabundance.com at the very top of the page, you're going to see a little link that says, be our guest or be a guest on our podcast. Click on that link, fill out the form, and then I will get back with you as soon as I can so that we can schedule a time for you and I to get together or whoever it is that you're recommending, and we can get together and get them on the show. All right, that's all I have. Go out and live your life of abundance, and don't forget to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.